morning and welcome to another episode of Real World Talks with Lourdes, Natalie, and Kathy. Good morning, ladies. Good morning. Good morning. On today's episode, we have Jay Litt, who is the principal of the Lit Group. And in addition to that, he is a member of the Dean's Executive Advisory Board. Good morning, Mr. Litt. Good morning to everyone. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. My pleasure. So to start off, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what led you to become the principal of the Lake Group? Sure. Um, it's quite a long story how I got involved with hospitality, but I'll make it really short. In um, 71, I came home from Asia and uh, was looking for a job, met the incoming dean of a brand new school called Florida International University and went to visit them at the Tamayami campus, which was just an airport, dusty airport. And it was a trailer that said Florida International University. And I met the incoming dean and uh, they got me a job at the Fountain Blue. And um, I then went to school and graduated in 73. And I then never left the industry. So I've been in the industry 49 years and the Lyft Group is a boutique consulting group that focuses on capital administration, capital renovation, and assisting ownership with the acquisition of real estate assets. And that's what we do, and that's uh, what we'll continue doing for the, uh, the future. Thank you, Mr. Litt, so much for sharing, I would say, a brief but amazing background that you've had, and also for sharing that you're a proud alum from our school. Um, can you share, five tips with our students and alumni who would like a career in consulting. We get this um, quite often that we get some students that say, I want to be a consultant, but sometimes they don't know where to start. Um, and could you always, um, pardon me, can you also tell us what level of experience is needed to begin and to step into that field? Yeah, very, uh, very good area to discuss. I would start with an aphorism basically saying that you must learn how to walk before you can run. And FIU has always been a school which our students were gritty. We were street gritty people, as opposed to some of the other schools like Cornell, which were very flashy. And kids from Cornell wanted to be consultants the day they graduated. I've been in the field a long time and I meet these kids that uh, have no experience, but they're consultants and they're not very useful. So walk before you can run. I would say the number, first number one important thing about becoming anything in the industry is basics. Take your time. You're basically young. You have plenty of time to do one thing and that's to learn. Our industry is not hard, but you have to spend time learning it. Once you learn it, now you can proceed into the next step of potentially becoming a consultant if that's what you wish to do. Um, the best path to do that is to get as much experience in the various departments of a hotel. And I know what I'm going to say now is not going to be popular, but don't worry about money because it's not money right now. It's about experience. You need to let the hotel you work for or the restaurant you work for or wherever you work, you need to let them train you so that you get a free education from them while they're paying you whatever they're paying you. Uh, 
you know, consultancy is very wide. It's a big word. And um, it, it, our field is so large, the field of hospitality. It's not just hotels. It's asset management. It's renovation. It's legal. It's CPA. It's counting. It's, it's so many different areas that you can consult in that it's a very wide, a wide concept. But the most important thing in terms of being a consultant is to make sure you know what you're doing before you become one. Don't try to learn how to be a consultant on the job. You need to, you need to know the basics of what you're consulting for. Um, so that's, that's basically it. I think you just have to give yourself time. There's no rush. As I know, it seems like yesterday when I was sitting in your chair at FIU and going to school, but uh, it, goes, it goes rather quickly and you'll get to where you want to get to. Just make sure that when you get there, you know what you're doing. Wow. Thank you, Mr. Litt, for that great advice. And as you mentioned, you're an alum of the school and you're part of the first graduating class. So can you share with our audience like a memorable moment or memorable moments as a student at FIU, at the chaplain school? Well, there were so many. Uh, I, was, <clears throat> I was a student assistant to a, a gentleman named Tony Marshall. Anthony Glade Marshall was the assistant dean when the school opened in 72, and subsequently became a dean, the dean, um, after about five or six years, and he made Rocco Angelo his assistant dean. Uh, I was Tony's assistant, and we had many moments that were unusual. He was an amazing public speaker, and he, he, he spoke in front of large numbers of people. Uh, one time he had uh, assistant dean Diane Newman and I on stage doing crazy things as he explained uh, the risks in running a hotel and risk management. But one thing that was memorable was he spoke in front of a group of dietitians and he brought me to be a shill, which means to be a, a, the person that he makes fun of and, and does things with. <laughs> he brought um, a pot. He stopped at Publix. He bought a pot. He had water. He bought a, a, a cold chicken. And we went in front of this group of a thousand people at the Diplomat Hotel. And he was showing how he makes soup. And he was doing that, and he asked me to come up to taste the soup. And as I was tasting the soup, he suddenly pulled a pistol that is a starter pistol for, for a race, and he shot the pistol like a bullet into the pot and pulled a rat out and said, always make sure that you know what you're giving your customers. Well, the place went crazy. In fact, the police came. So it was quite, a, it was quite an amazing time. But clearly, the, the, the moment of, of truth for me, and I have a picture of it that I, I'm using in the course I'm teaching, is my graduation speech. Because I'm there making a speech at the Fountain Blue Hotel, where I began as a busboy dishwasher. And there I was 12 months later making a valedictorian speech at that, that, that ceremony. And the president, Chuck Perry, was sitting there with a cigar in his mouth. So that's, that's a, really, a really wonderful, memorable that is truly an amazing story. I love it. <laughs> I think we need to definitely share that with Dean Angelo when we see him. Oh, yeah. um, <laughs> so thank you so much for sharing that. That definitely is memorable. Um, so a lot of our listeners, and I think a lot of students too, um, they know of the Dean's Executive Advisory Board, but really don't know what is like the purpose or the role of these members. Could you discuss your role 
um, and how you impact the school through being part of this board? Sure. Um, <clears throat> this started a long time ago. I've been on the on this advisory board since 75. Uh, the beginning of this, we started having cocktail parties during the hotel show in New York City. <clears throat> the first was at the Sheraton Russell Hotel where I was resident manager in 76. The role of the EAB is to advise the dean or to listen to the dean, listen to the direction the school's going and give their thoughts. It's a very well-balanced group of people that all are experts in their own given areas. We have a senior executive in human resources from, Car from uh, Caribbean Cruises. We have uh, the president and CEO of, of Marriott Timeshare Resorts. We have two very strong um, owners and operators of thousands of restaurants. We have Duffy, who actually owns a winery. We have so many different people with so many different uh, unique um, backgrounds that Dean and I discussed having a living library, which basically means that we're going to try to open up the EAB to the students so that they, they can create mentorships with the EAB members and ask questions and get true answers. I think that'll be very valuable. But the basic role is to listen and to uh, give feedback and to try to sustain and find ways to make the school better and better and better. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing and providing that insight um, for our students and for our listeners. Um, now to talk a little bit more about yourself. Um, can you tell us more about your experience in the Peace Corps in the Philippines? Sure. Well, the story goes to about 1958-1960 when they discovered through mathematical analysis that there would be a very large famine in Southeast Asia where a billion people might die. And the President Kennedy and, and, and Nelson Rockefeller decided to create an um, institute in the Philippines to find a new form of rice to stave off the, uh, the famine. And they worked on that for about six years. And in the seventh year, they decided to find a group of people that could plant the rice and implement a new form of agriculture called dapag farming in the, in the Philippines. So I was just graduating college, and I had a choice between going to Vietnam or going to plant rice in the Philippines, and I chose the latter. So off I went, and um, I spent two years planting this new form of rice. This form of rice did end up being um, three times as fertile as the native rice. And because it was three times as fertile and grew so quickly, we were able to feed uh, Asia and continue to feed Asia. We also created the, the fact that when you look at rice fields today, you see lines. Uh, there wasn't that, that, that before us. Uh, before us, there was just chaos in the rice field. We created that system where the rice plants are exactly 13 to 15 centimeters apart. Wow. So my job was to plant rice, and to work with the local people in a place called Aklan on the island of Iloilo. And it was a, a wonderful experience, heartwarming. I had no water or no electricity or no bathroom for two and a half years, but I had an opportunity to learn about what life's really about with a wonderful Philippine family whom I am still in touch with every week. Wow, thank you for sharing that story. Very humble. So, um, Mr. Lid, I know you have a lot of experience in the industry. 
and you've been in the industry for a very long time. And I always like to ask, like, if anyone has any regrets, like right now, if you could turn back time, would you do anything differently in your life, like personally or professionally, knowing what you know now? Yeah, it's a tough question. In general, I would say no. Uh, I've enjoyed the hotel industry. I've let, I've let the hotel industry guide me. I didn't guide it. So there are a lot of people that would say they don't like that kind of, 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 of philosophy. But my, in my life, I've let, I've let angels come into my life, people like Tony Marshall, that have guided me and helped me find my way through life. And um, that continues to happen today. So, you know, there are small things that I would, I would change. I'd probably be a little more open to learning areas that I hadn't learned on the way up. But, you know, it's very difficult to break apart 49 years of, of working. Uh, each of them have been wonderful. I've enjoyed the hotel industry continuously and continue to and look forward to a lot more years. So I would say no, not really. I'm, I'm pretty, pretty happy with what's happened. And uh, I think um, I'm in a good place in my life. That's awesome, Mr. Lid. And I like the fact that you said, you know, you let angels in and, you know, about kind of just enjoying almost that ride of letting yourself be, you know, learning and trained. Um, I know that with your 49 years of experience, you've accomplished so much. Um, are there more things mm -hmm. that you hope to achieve professionally or personally? And then the part B question is, where do you see yourself in 10 years? 10 years? <laughs> Wow. Well, first of all, I'm going to be teaching a course, uh, HM5050, in the, in the spring. And it's a course that the dean and I have worked on for quite a while. started with the concept of entrepreneurial pathways into hotel industry. And the course is, is called Crossover, a bridge to hospitality ownership. The, the course is really a very critical course for me and the course that I'm trying to figure out a way of letting students at FIU hear about. The hospitality industry is very large, super large. And the hotel part of it is, is small, it's just one piece. When I joined the hotel business, uh, when I joined back in 50 years ago, I, my first hotel I went to, there were like 38 managers. Today that hotel would have 12 to 15 managers. So there's less people working in hotels today, but the industry is just as large as it's always been. So um, I'm going to be helping to implement that pathway to the students and explaining to them that they can go to FIU, they can go to the chaplain school, learn the basics of operating a hotel, and then not operate a hotel, but rather go into the ownership landscape where they can go into asset management or into accounting, underwriting, or if they are, are wealthy or have access to money, become an owner. Ultimately, that's a, a wonderful thing to do, become an owner of a hotel and work it with the knowledge you've gotten from chaplain school on operations. Um, Ten years from now, I'd like to see myself doing exactly what I'm doing right now. And uh, that, would, that would depend on God. <laughs> so I always say with God's help, yep, that's what I'll be doing 10 years from now. But um, I, I wouldn't change a thing. I will spend some time working on drawing because I think that's a, a wonderful thing I can't do, and it's fun. And just kind of play with the grandkids and make sure that everyone's happy. Awesome. 
Thank you, Mr. Litt. So, you know, 2020 was definitely an eventful year, and I'm so happy we're in 2021, the new year. So what I wanted to ask you is, do you have any New Year's resolutions? And if so, could you share them with us? Yeah, so, you know, for me, probably the most important resolution is to make sure my timing in life matches the timing of reality of Earth, Earth time. So I'm a person that follows a philosophy called Stoicism, <clears throat> another philosophy called Taoism. And to me, it's very important to slow down and get into the rhythm of what's occurring around me and not try to push myself or push the world, but rather let the world push me. And uh, every year I make the same, the same uh, resolution. Um, I used to make a resolution every year to make sure I work out, but I've been working out every day for 20 years. And I would uh, definitely tell the students listening to this today that having a balance between um, your spiritual life, your business life, uh, your personal life, and your, um, your athletic life, or whatever you want to call your outside life, is critical, very important. And I've always strove, even though the hotel business kept me working 12 hours a day, six days a week, I was always being able to find the extra time for my family and the extra time to work out uh, and the extra time to make sure that my vehicle, my body is in good shape. So that's always been a, an important part uh, and, and watching what, what I eat and how I eat. Um, and the third part is probably just to drink great wine and keep drinking <laughs> great wine. And um, I, funny enough, as you get older, you realize that you may have less time in the world. So you start trying to have even better wine. And that's what I've been doing. So those are my resolution. Great wine, careful diet, steady as it goes. I love that. I love those resolutions. And I wish I had the same drive to work out. So you are now my new inspiration to work out. There you go. <laughs> So to conclude the um, question and answer portion of the podcast, we're going to end with a little fun question. So, um, Mr. Litt, if you met a genie who offered you three wishes, what would you wish for? Well, the first one was easy. World, world peace. Sure like to see the world peaceful. It'd be nice. I grew up in the 50s, which meant that the world was very peaceful. And I worked through the 60s when the world was very not peaceful. Uh, 70s was a little lighter, 80s was a little okay, 90s, and now 2020 was nuts. Pandemic, politics, whatever. So I would like to see, I'd like to see the world just have a break, take a little time off and just relax. You know, secondly, probably the uh, genie question would be to make sure that my kids, my grandkids are healthy and have a great future and that they will be um, successful in whatever they do. And lastly, well, I have to give my wife a heads up and a high five because she's moved with me 15 times in the hotel business. So uh, living out my life with my partner, we've been married 46 years, and making sure that we're both healthy and can live together and enjoy the years we have would be uh, a wonderful thing. Fantastic. So this concludes the interview portion of the podcast. Now we're gonna go into our game portion called This or That. 
Um, so I will ask you 10 questions and provide you two options for those questions. And you will share with me which option you prefer more and you will have 10 seconds to answer each. So are you ready, Mr. Lit? Ready. <laughs> so your first one is, give up chocolate for a year or give up your smartphone for a week? Smartphones for a week. Okay. Next one, explore space or explore the ocean? Ocean. Mm. Lose your sight or lose your memories? Sight. Dance on Dancing with the Stars or sing on American Idol? Dancing with the Stars. Okay. Superman or Batman? Mm, Superman. <laughs> Tacos or pizza? Tacos. Travel to Paris or travel to Dubai? Paris. Have the ability to know the history of everything you touch or have the ability to speak foreign languages? Languages. Okay. Master of every musical instrument or master of every sport? Music. Mm. Next, next one. Win the lottery or live twice as long? Win the lottery. Ah, okay. So this is a bonus one. So my apologies for that. This is a bonus one. So last one is meet your ancestors or meet your great-great-grandchildren. That's a tough one. Um, probably meet my ancestors. Awesome. So this concludes the game portion. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. And this actually concludes our podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Mr. Lett. We truly appreciate you taking the time to speak with us. Great fun. Thank you very much, and best of luck in this year. Thank you. You too, Mr. Lett. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And for our listeners, tune in for another episode next week. Have an amazing day.